Hello and welcome to this latest installment of Barnard's on the NBA. I'm your host, Matt Barnard, and I'm joined here by my son and co-host, Emilio. Hey, it's me, Emilio. <clears throat> we are uh, coming back to you uh, after a few weeks away to uh, get to one of our uh, classic redrafts. And I know uh, the people have been waiting for this one for uh, quite some time. We're going to be going back to the beginning. The uh, first uh, of what later would become the NBA drafts. This was the... Uh, BAA draft in 1947. This was held on July 1st, 1947, in uh, Detroit, Michigan. Wow. Doesn't play. Uh, that's true. They do. Uh, they do play there now, but uh, they did not play there at that time. Uh, this was a uh, draft held between the uh, the BAA and uh, the NBL. Those leagues uh, would come together to uh, become the uh, the NBA. And uh, this was uh, these were early days. You might even say this was the first draft. Yeah, you might. And um, in fact, it was the first draft um, for basketball. Uh, well, they probably had other drafts, but like the first real draft. And uh, let's, uh, let's before we get into our redraft, we're going to go through this in our standard format where we uh, redraft the first uh, 14 picks of the uh, 47 BAA draft. Let's just mention uh, this is an unusual draft uh, by uh, our contemporary standards. A lot more rounds and uh, a lot more players who uh, ended up opting not to play in the league. Yeah, and in fact, the number one pick did not play in the league. Yes, we're talking about Clifton McNeely. I believe we've mentioned him uh, previously, but uh, Clifton McNeely opting not to uh, not to play in the league. But uh, a bunch of players, uh, a bunch of players did uh, did go on to play in the league, and uh, we should uh, jump right into it. We got a lot to get to in this episode. Let's talk about our first pick, Mills. Who do you have in your first pick of the uh, 1947 BAA redraft? I had Harry Gallatin. Yeah, Harry Gallatin. Uh, let's let's talk about this guy. I had Harry Gallatin as well. This uh, a very prominent player, a Hall of Famer. The horse farmer, and uh, he died in October seventh, two thousand fifteen, and uh, he was pretty good in the league. Solid rotation player. Solid rotation player. I mean, this is seven time All Star, uh, rebounding champ in fifty three, fifty four, two time All NBA, and uh, really a terrific player out of Truman State University, uh, taken. In actually three drafts, this is uh, uh, something I, I tried to dig into a little bit more information, uh, trying to find out a little bit more about why he was taken in three separate drafts, but selected in the uh, 47 BAA draft by the Baltimore Bullets, and then in the uh, 48 and 49 BAA drafts by the Knicks, which is where he ultimately went on to uh, play the vast majority of his career. Yeah, I mean, too bad the Bullets didn't get a hold of him, but... Um... Yeah, he had a great career. Um, for his career, having 11.9 rebounds and 13 points per game, and uh, definitely deserving Hall of Famer for the time he played. Absolutely. Uh, that uh, 11.9 rebounds per game, as you mentioned, still good for 21st all-time in rebounds per game on the, uh, the all-time list. That's pretty impressive. And, like, I wonder, like, what the top is there. Uh, number one all-time? Uh, yeah, I don't have that uh, ready to go immediately, but that is a, what, that's something to wonder about for sure. Um, so this guy uh, in in multiple halls of fame, as you mentioned, uh, in the uh, in the basketball hall of fame, or I mentioned that as well, but also in the NAIA hall of fame, the IBCA hall of fame, the Truman State Athletics hall of fame, the Missouri Sports hall of fame, the SIU Edwardsville hall of fame, the MIAA hall of fame, the IHSA hall of fame, the SIU Salukis hall of fame. So this guy in a uh, in the hall of fames so of a lot of uh, different letters. I would say, and. Um... Pretty impressive that um, he's in so many Hall of Fames. I mean, to even play in that many leagues is impressive. 
Uh, no question about it. And uh, Harry Gellin actually uh, lasting uh, uh, quite some time, uh, beginning uh, born back in uh, 1927 and uh, surviving until uh, not too long ago, back in uh, 2015. And I, I think clearly the, uh, the the class player to uh, come out of this first uh, draft. Yeah, for sure. And I, there's no doubt about it that uh, he is definitely um, the best player for this draft. Number one pick. Yeah. So, uh, all right, let, let's move on. I had him as well. Let's get to uh, our second picks for uh, uh, this redraft. Mills, who'd you have? Um, I had Jim Pollard. Um, Jim Pollard, uh, I know you had him going number three. Another one of the Hall of Famers on this um, from this uh, draft. And um, he was a great player. Also a Hall of Famer, four-time All-Star, five-time BAA slash NBA champ, very impressive five-time champ. Um, four-time All-BAA slash NBA um, team. Or, yeah. And um, this guy, just a great career and um, has a lot of success with those uh, Minnesota, which is Minneapolis. Yeah, uh, four-time All-Star, uh, a pretty impressive career, uh, four-time uh, All-BAA, uh, NBA, and uh, the owner of some great nicknames. Uh, this guy known as uh, the Kangaroo Kid, uh, among other things. Yeah, um, the man with the long gray beard, uh, Amos, Alzon. Alonzo. Alonzo. Pollard and Bones. Not sure why he had the man with the long gray beard, because in his pictures, he doesn't look like he has that. No, but uh, one thing that you uh, you hear when you're talking about uh, Jim Pollard, this guy could really get up. I mean, that's why he's known as the kangaroo kid, a guy, guy with uh, tremendous uh, leaping ability. Yeah, and um, he um, averaged 13.2 points per game for his career, um, 7.8 rebounds. I mean, a few years where they weren't keeping track of your rebounds, and um, 3.2 assists. Um, good all-around player and uh, definitely deserving of a Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's said about uh, about Jim Pollard. I mean, as you mentioned, some uh, some really good stats in his career. Played with the, uh, the Minneapolis Lakers um, for uh, for his entire run. Um, it's said that he could uh, touch the top of the backboard, had that kind of leaping ability, and uh, could also dunk from the free throw line. And this is the guy who's playing uh, back in the uh, '40s and '50s. So that's some uh, outstanding athleticism. Right, right. I mean, so yeah, you're, you're talking about in the very early days. I mean, if you could uh, dunk from the free throw line. Uh, that would definitely get you uh, get you noticed. Uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame all the way back in 1978, so this guy's been in for a long time. Six four, one eighty five. So, uh, so unfortunately, not alive. Yeah, sadly, yeah. Um, almost all of the players we're going to be discussing in this episode, uh, unfortunately, have passed on. But uh, you know, forty seven BAA draft was a long time ago. Yeah, he would be hundred and one right now if he was living. And. Um, also, yeah. uh, an, an excellent baseball player. He played uh, amateur baseball for. Uh, the uh, town team baseball club in uh, in Jordan, Minnesota. I said it. I went there. Um, yeah, and uh, just like thinking about all these players, like none of them, they, these like our guys are all scoring like right at the basket. There's like no like layups or anything. These are all just, or, I mean, no like jump shots or anything. These are all just like layups right at the hoop. Yep, uh, a good point. Uh, also worth noting, uh, an NCAA champion. In 1942 at Stanford, so a, a really excellent career out of uh, Jim Pollard, and uh, he was my number three pick, as as uh, you mentioned. Let's get to uh, to my number two, and uh, he was your number three. And we're talking about Andy Phillip. Yes, Hall of Famer, 
Um, five-time All-Star, two-time assist champ, two-time All-NBA, NBA champion, and um, another great player, uh, de- another one deserving of the Hall of Fame. And, um, yeah, um, no, those assist numbers that he has, 5.4 for his career and uh, 5.8, 6.3, and 8.2 all in a row there. Those wouldn't um, have you league-leading um, now, but uh, they served it back then. Yeah, we're talking about a different NBA uh, back in those days. But, uh, yeah, I mean, a guy who was clearly a uh, premier distributor for his day. And I contributed some on the boards as well. I mean, as, as far back as we have those statistics, uh, despite uh, uh, being 6'2", 195, obviously that played a little bit differently uh, back in those days. But uh, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 1961, this guy's been in the Hall of Fame a long time. Yeah, and uh, he must have really stood out to get in the Hall of Fame basically like five years after he retired. Yeah, uh, good point. Uh, also uh, notable for uh, having served as a, a lieutenant in the Marine Corps in uh, World War II, so a guy who uh, served his country. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, Sporting News Player of the Year in 1943 uh, during his uh, his college days at uh, Illinois, and we actually uh, did talk about him on our Illinois episode as well. A guy made our Illinois all-time team. Yeah, so I mean, coming out of Illinois, um, impressive that you could make an all-time team from there. Uh, yeah, I mean, a, a school that has uh, turned out quite a few NBA players, but a guy who had, uh, you know, pretty long NBA career for uh, someone who was drafted at this time, 701 regular season games. So one, one of the top guys uh, for sure out of this draft and uh, in terms of his contributions in the league and uh, I think a worthy top three pick. Yeah, for sure. And we both had him top three. We sure did. All right, so let, let's move on to uh, to your number four meals. Who'd you have there? I had Red Rocha. Now, this guy, um, wasn't he like an announcer? Uh, let's, uh, let, let's, let's talk about uh, Red Roach. I think you might be thinking about Red Kerr. Oh, yes, um, probably. Um, the Thin Man, as uh, some might call him, two-time All-Star, NBA champion. And, um, yeah, from Hawaii also. Um, good note there. And uh, he... Actually, the first player ever from Hawaii uh, to play yeah. in the league. I mean, not, not that surprising since he played right at the beginning. One of yeah, one of the only uh, players in Hawaii, I think, to this date. Yes. And um, yeah, ten point nine points per game for his career. Um, six point six rebounds, and um, yeah, pretty good career for him. Yeah, they weren't uh, weren't keeping track of uh, block shots during his day, but a guy who really stood out for his size at the time. I mean, six nine, uh, one eighty five. Uh, so I mean, a guy who really. Uh, uh, loom large over the uh, other players in the league. A lot of the guys we're talking about, even the, the larger players, uh, still you know around mid six feet. Um, this guy's six nine, uh, really standing out as a center. A guy we actually mentioned on our uh, first ever episode of Barnos on the NBA uh, for, as he uh, went to Oregon State. Yeah, and um, about the Hawaii thing, he is the only player in NBA history to be have, go to high high school in Hawaii. That is uh, pretty wild. A guy who went to, went on to uh, coach in the league as well. Uh, coached the uh, University of Hawaii men's basketball team as well as the uh, the Pistons briefly, um, and uh, actually has a notable uh, record. He's tied with uh, with the great Paul Seymour for the uh, uh, NBA record for the most minutes played in a playoff game. You want to take a stab at what that is? What that might be? Most minutes played in a playoff game. In a single playoff game? Yeah, one game. Oh, uh, like sixty minutes. Sixty-seven. That record of. Uh, so you didn't like have the game go that long as. Pretty wild, yeah, yeah, absolutely impressive out of That's uh, like Red Rocha. Quadruple over, no, not quadruple, like triple overtime. Uh, yes, uh, that I mean I don't even no. know. Uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to look at that. 
Worth mentioning as well, uh, a, a member of the 1954-1955 uh, uh, NBA champion, Syracuse Nationals, and uh, that team, it was coached by the great Al Serby. And I just got to say, Al Serby does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, that's a story for uh, for, for another time. Right now, uh, we, we note that uh, Red Roach was part of that championship team, actually played with uh, Paul Seymour on that squad, uh, the guy who he has that record with. Um, and Red Kerr. And Red Kerr as well, who we mentioned uh, a couple of mentions for Red Kerr in this episode, big time <laughs> yeah. for uh, Red Kerr. And that was actually a big, uh, big time Red team, a couple of Reds there. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's uh, let, let's move on here. I had uh, Red Rocha at uh, at the number five pick in the, uh, in the in the redraft. At the at the four, I went with uh, with a little bit uh, of an unconventional choice, perhaps in uh, Bob Curland. Now you had him uh, with your fifth pick. Yes. Usually we talk about like the players who like have they played in their NBA career. Now this guy, or not all these guys played in the NBA, first of all, because the NBA wasn't really around. But this guy did not play in the league. It's true. Very unusual. I mean, an unusual story by today's standards, uh, to be sure. Uh, Taken in the fourth round of the uh, 47 BAA draft uh, out of Oklahoma State uh, by the uh, St. Louis Bombers. Uh, Seven-footer, 220 pounds. So, I mean, like Red Rocha, a really, really big guy for his day. And a guy who... uh, who dominated in, uh, in in college? I mean, uh, won uh, won two titles with uh, with Oklahoma State, then known as uh, Oklahoma A and M. But a guy who really made his, made noise on the uh, the AAU scene, uh, as opposed to the uh, the uh, you know BAA slash NBL NBA scene. Uh, this was back at a time where I think it was less clear where it was all going to go. I mean, and that playing professional basketball in the NBA was going to be the track that you know uh, high level players would take uh, in the future. Yeah, and uh, he decided to go for the AAU team. It was like company that he worked for, I think. Yeah, he played uh, AAU for uh, Phillips Petroleum instead of in the uh, BAA slash NBL. And um, really paid off for him. He uh, was an amazing player. Absolutely, and and worth worth mentioning. I mean, like you said, I mean, we usually don't uh, include uh, guys on this list on, on these lists uh, who uh, didn't feature in the NBA. But I mean, get get a load of this: two-time NCAA champion. But not only that. Two-time uh, Final Four Most Outstanding Player in those two years. Three-time Consensus First Team All-American. Uh, Sporting News Player of the Year. The Helms National Player of the Year. And he won two gold medals uh, with the U.S. in uh, 1948 in London and 1952 in uh, Helsinki. So this guy, a really, really uh, uh, accomplished player, uh, said to have scored uh, 58 points in a college game against uh, Ed McCauley, who would go on to uh, star in the NBA as well. And uh, credited as the first person to dunk in a college game. Wow. So uh, really a, a trailblazer, uh, Bob Curland. And a, a rival of George Mikan's during his day just uh, didn't end up playing uh, in the uh, in the league against him. But um, Yeah. Um, seven feet tall. Yeah, seven feet tall. So mm-hmm. definitely a very notable, uh, notable player, despite uh, not having really made noise in the league or really made any noise uh, in the league uh, whatsoever. Yeah. All right, so uh, with those uh, first five picks in the book, we're going to take a uh, real quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. All right, Mills, who do you have at uh, pick number six in this uh, 47 redraft? I had um, I had Paul Hoffman. Or just to let you know, I had uh, Bob Carlin at number five. Yeah. And you had uh, Red Roach. Yes. Um, at Paul Hoffman, NBA champion, rookie of the year, actually, in this draft. And when we're talking about drafts, um, 
Unofficial. Uh, yeah, I mean, you got got to mention uh, that. that um, but um, when we're talking about these drafts, it's key who we know who the rookie of the year is because in these drafts, there's only one rookie of the year because we're talking about a draft. Good point. Good point. That's a very good point. We have actually talked about Paul Hoffman a few times on the podcast. A guy who attended uh, Purdue did a Purdue episode not too long ago. And, uh, of course, we also mentioned him extensively on the uh, Baltimore Bullets episode. This guy, uh, I mean, uh, you know, I don't want to take too much credit, but I, I have coined the nickname for Paul Hoffman, uh, Mr. Baltimore Bullet. Because he he owns, like, uh, the, the majority of the uh, franchise all-time records. I mean, uh, this guy uh, played a lot of his career with the uh, Baltimore Bullets. That, I'm talking about the uh, And franchise. they no longer exist. Yeah, they no longer exist. So he, he's got that locked up. Uh, 288 games in his career for the uh, Baltimore Bullets of the uh, BAA uh, slash NBA. Yeah. Um, a good player, definitely deserving of this uh, lottery pick. But um, he had uh, um, 10.2 points per game for his career, uh, 5.1 rebounds per game, and played 317 games in his career. So um, didn't play that long, but um, played a decent amount and uh, pretty solid career. I mean, probably wouldn't get on like an all-time team for college, but like. Yeah, I mean, he was mentioned on the Purdue episode, but yeah, didn't get on the all-time team for uh, for Purdue. But uh, a notable career uh, nonetheless, a uh, guy who was a four-time All-American at, uh, at, at Purdue. Uh, three times uh, second-team All-American and one-time third-team. Uh, you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty nasty. Um, and uh, coached uh, baseball at Purdue as well. Wow. How about that? And was also uh, GM of the uh, Baltimore Bullets. That's pretty cool. And Mr. Baltimore Bullet, obviously. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no surprise. Was he the coach of Baltimore Bullets? I don't think he ever coached the uh, the Bullets, but he was uh, was GM there. And uh, as you mentioned, uh, you know, unofficial uh, rookie of the year. So one of the few to uh, get that designation. And why was it unofficial? Uh, they didn't really like they hadn't really locked down all the technicalities of it yet. I mean, I, I think it was just uh, they, they hadn't sanctioned an official rookie of the year award yet. So yeah. it was just kind of like, you know, and he did retire after a rookie it. season and then retired again after two more. seasons. Yeah, had a couple of uh, retirements in there. Uh, I think, you know, had some uh, contract disputes with uh, with the teams he was playing for. Uh, it said that he uh, upon uh, refused uh, upon the bullets, uh, not giving him the uh, raise that he was looking for. Went off to uh, become a salesman at uh, Montgomery Ward uh, for a season there. Yeah, um, similar to um, Robert Reed stepping out for religious reasons. Right, or Kevin Stakem going to become an in manager for a season or whatever. I mean, there are there are sometimes extenuating circumstances that keep players away from the court. So, yeah, yeah worth uh, worth noting that for sure. So I had uh, I had Paul Hoffman as my uh, number six pick as well. Let's move on to number seven, where I believe we had the same guy, and we're talking about Gene Vance. He wore he wore a lot of red jerseys. That's a, a great point. As we're getting into uh, talking about Gene Vance, what, what what else you know about Gino? Um, played at Illinois. Did we talk about him on the Illinois episode? I don't believe so. Uh, I don't think so either. Uh, I, th I think he was a little bit further down uh, the list than uh, than oh. he is here, uh, where we both have him uh, number seven. But yeah, an, an Illinois attendee. Yeah. Um. The fourth round of the um, actual draft, which we mentioned in that on these guys, yeah. um, where they actually went. Um, yeah, fourth rounder. And um, he uh, had 8.3 points per game for his career, three rebounds. So, uh, solid player. Yeah, 175 games in the regular season uh, in the league. And, um, yeah, I mean, a guy who played with the, uh, the Chicago Stags, Tri-City Blackhawks, and uh, Milwaukee Hawks. 
Yeah, um, played on a few teams. Didn't play for that long, only 175 games. But um, definitely got a taste in the league and um, was a solid player. Yeah, early uh, early days. Uh, worth mentioning, uh, uh, played uh, with a bunch of other uh, big-time players at, at Illinois, including uh, Andy Phillip. And, and this really uh, worth mentioning for this entire generation of players. A lot of them had their college careers uh, interrupted by uh, World War II because that was uh, happening – uh, while a lot of these guys were in college and a lot of them took, uh, you know, multiple years away from the court and away from uh, school and even like transferred so in, in some cases uh, because of the war. So definitely a, a big part of these guys' lives uh, without any question. Especially the, the beginning of their careers. Yeah, for sure. And, and worth uh, worth mentioning as well, uh, Gene Vance uh, with the, uh, the post office named in his honor in his hometown of uh, Clinton, Illinois. I mean, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I wonder why that's the case. Oh, I mean, to honor, uh, you know, great, great baller who, uh, oh, yeah. who, who uh, you know, is from, from that town, went to high school there as well. So uh guy who represented Clinton, Illinois very well uh, during yeah, his I'm life. I'm sure he did. And went to college in Illinois. So, yes. Uh, sadly, no longer with us, uh, having passed away at the age of 88 uh, back in 2012. All right. So I had uh, I had Gene Vance at, uh, at my seventh pick as well. And now I think we're going to diverge a little bit more as we get into the, uh, the back half of this lottery. Uh, Mills, who do you have at eight? I had um, Johnny Azerski. Um, Johnny Azerski? Johnny Azerski, yes. Um, Easy John, some might know him. Uh, he um, he uh, averaged 7.6 points per game for his career. I think he's a pretty similar player to James Vance. Um, they weren't keeping track of rebounds, and he's played. Um, he only played for um, three, these, three seasons. But uh, played 135 games. Yeah, split up a little bit between uh, different teams during those uh, those years. But yeah, just uh, parts of uh, three seasons for uh, Johnny Azerski. Uh, some interesting notes about this guy. I mean, from uh, from New York City, uh, originally went to Power Memorial uh, High School, which I believe uh, is the same school that uh, the great Mully would uh, would attend uh, years later, as well as uh, Mario Eli, uh, probably among others. Um, went to uh, college at uh, Rhode Island, not too far from uh, where we are uh, right now, but. Uh, Notable, I never played in college because uh, he was found to have uh, taken uh, cash, which was a violation of the rules when he was in uh, high school. So never played college ball. But still made it to the league. Still made it to the league. And uh, and worth uh, worth mentioning as well, attempted a career in, uh, in in baseball. A lot of these guys were multi-sport players. I think basketball just not nearly as established as uh, well as, as baseball for sure. But I mean, as like a clear path to, you know, being a professional athlete and, you know, having that be your uh, your vocation for a period of time. But also a, a very long time uh, cab driver in, uh, in in the California area, in, uh, in San Francisco area. Yeah, interesting, and um, probably a way that he made his money. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you no- definitely notice a lot more, uh, you know, multi-career uh, guys back in this uh, this era, without any question. So uh, Johnny Azerski, uh, six foot three, one seventy five, as mentioned, uh, having attended Rhode Island, um, and uh, I had uh, Johnny Azerski as my uh, number fourteen pick, so in my last spot in the lottery. So let- let's get to uh, to my number eight, and that was uh, a guy who d- did not make your uh, your redraft. Talking about Andy Duncan. Yes, and um, this guy um, went to William and Mary, was picked in the sixth round. And um, yeah, um, nicknamed Stretch, and only also only played three seasons in the league, um, 136 games. Maybe should have had him on my roster, didn't end up making the cut, but um, five. 
kind of similar to Johnny Azerski, 5.5 points per game for his career. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, you're really looking at guys, uh, I mean, at least the way I approach this, uh, talking about stretch here, um, you know, how many games did you play uh, is, is a big factor. I mean, it really drops off here at a certain point. So uh, having gotten in 136 games, uh, you know, 55, 67, 14 across three different seasons in the uh, BA and NBA, um, yeah, he, uh, he he got up there. I mean, not, not, not a ton. Yeah, he did enough, exactly. I mean, not a ton known about uh, Andy Duncan from our perspective now, but a guy who had, had some decent size, uh, 6'6", 195, uh, played the uh, the forward and center spots, and I was taken in the sixth round of that uh, 47 BAA draft. So made my squad here at, uh, at at the eighth pick. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to uh, to number nine, Mills. Uh, who do you have uh, who do you have there? I had um, Chick Riser. Oh. Now, this guy, I feel like he uh, he rose above a little bit um, for the three seasons that he played, playing 171 um, NBA games. Or games, I should say. Between the BAA and NBA, sure. And uh, average 10.4 points per game. Um, the rebounds weren't being kept track of. Two, two assists. So I think this guy definitely deserves the spot here. Maybe even a little bit higher than this. Uh, higher than nine. Um, yeah, uh, Chick Riser, pretty, uh, pretty good player for this it- draft. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've talked about Chick Riser in the past. I mean, as a member of the Baltimore Bullets, and of course, a guy who attended uh, my alma mater. I mean, my high school, uh, Stuyvesant High School, uh, one of one of the few who's uh, made it through. But a guy who was a '48 uh, BAA champ uh, with that uh, Baltimore Bullets squad that we've uh, discussed on uh, numerous occasions, and an example of uh, of a player who came in uh, to the league. Uh, late just because he was, uh, you know, older when uh, the league got going. I mean, uh, 33 in his first season, so played at ages uh, 33, 34, and 35. And if you uh, check out his uh, Wikipedia page, uh, shout out Wikipedia, uh, you can see he had an extensive career uh, prior to the uh, BAA NBL era, uh, playing for a number of teams um, for, uh, starting in 1938. So uh, had, you know, a solid nine years or so prior to uh, the period of time that we're looking at here. And with 171 games, I think, Definitely a, a a good choice to uh, to go on these squads. A guy who attended some uh, colleges that you uh, very rarely see uh, players attending now and moving on to uh, high level professional basketball, attending NYU and uh, Pratt, which is a uh, an art institute in, uh, in in Brooklyn. So uh, yeah. definitely uh, not places you would expect to see uh, talent coming out of uh, these days. As you see, like he went to college in um, from nineteen thirty two. To 1935, and the league didn't start 12 till 12 years after that. So when he got into the league, he was 33. The league had started before that. He would probably be like maybe even Hall of Fame. But he was pretty good. Yeah, that's a, a really good point. And um, yeah, I mean, uh, as we said, in relation to a lot of these other guys whose uh, college days were interrupted by uh, the war, Chick Riser was actually even before that. So I mean, he, he you know predated uh, that, that that war era. And just to mention, uh, his real name was Joseph too. Uh, very good, uh, good point. Not uh, not uh, known as Chick um, when he was born. Yeah. Oh, maybe he got that nickname uh, shortly thereafter. Hard to say at uh, at this point. So I had uh, I had Chick Riser as uh, as my number nine pick. Um, I guess we should have uh, we should have uh, focused on a, a different player with your number nine pick. Got a little bit confused there. A couple of very similar first names. Um, Oh, no, sorry. That was your number nine pick. I'm, I'm, I'm getting screwed up. Your number nine My pick. number nine pick has a similar name to uh, to yours. Uh, Chick Riser was my number 10 pick. 
my number nine pick in the redraft was Chink Crossan. Let's talk about this guy. Yeah, has the birthday a day after me. Um, unfortunately, he passed away at the young age of um, 57. But um, it's a July 4th birthday, which is pretty cool. Birthday on a holiday. And um, he, uh, yeah, um, was a player. And he, 147 games in the league. So pretty similar to the other guys we've been talking about here. 4.7 points per game. So, like, one of the best players of all time. And, um, well, I mean, one of the best players in this draft. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, top, top 10 ish or, uh, or, or so, uh, yeah, known as, uh, as chink, uh, not for uh, racist reasons, uh, thank goodness, uh, but because, uh, that was the sound that the, uh, chain link nets made when his, uh, shots dropped through. Yeah. Um, pretty good to have a nickname like that. If that's the reason why. Absolutely. So a guy who attended uh Penn, um, and was taken actually with the sixth overall pick in this, uh, this draft by the Philadelphia Warriors. And that's the team he played his entire, uh, run in the uh, BAA slash NBA on. Yeah, three years, but 147 games, as we mentioned. Uh, that's that's substantial for uh, for this draft. And a guy who similarly had his uh, time in college interrupted uh, substantially by uh, World War II. His yeah. time at Penn, actually. Uh, was at Penn before the war and then returned uh, to it as well. Yeah. So, uh, Chink Crossan, my, uh, my number nine pick. Uh, Mills, how about your number 10? I had Dick O'Keefe. Mm. Um, this guy, um, went to Santa Clara, has notably the same birthday as, um, Chick Reiser. Didn't notice that. December 17th. That's actually, uh, Dick O'Keefe's, or, uh, death day, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Dick O'Keefe's death day had the same, it has the same birthday as Chick Reiser. Yeah, yeah, good okay. point. Yes. Um. So, nice pick overall in the yeah, draft. Ninth, yeah. ninth overall pick in the draft, um. 5.2 points per game in the, his career and uh, 2.2 rebounds. It was only came track for one season and 172 games. Yeah. Isn't it funny to think that they were keeping track of rebounds for a while there? They were just like, yeah, it doesn't really matter who gets it. Yeah, I guess. But, <laughs> I mean, when I'm keeping track of my own stats during a game, when I get a rebound, I'm, I'm not keeping track of my own rebounds. Yeah, but you wouldn't expect that, like, these stats are being, like, self-recorded. True. Um, so Dick O'Keefe, an attendee of uh, Santa Clara, uh, both before and after his uh, time in service, and a member of uh, Santa Clara's Athletic Hall of Fame. I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, maybe Military Hall of Fame as well. Yeah, could be. Uh, so a six foot two, uh, one hundred eighty five pound uh, guy who played uh, you know both guard and forward spots, and uh, yeah, a member of the uh, Washington Capitals during his time in the uh, BAA slash NBA. Yeah. Um... Played there for all four seasons of his career and um, didn't do much in the league, but uh, had a few had a few years. Yeah, a few good a uh, few good moments there for uh, for Dick O'Keefe. So he was my uh, number twelve pick in the, uh, in the in the redraft. Uh, going back to my number ten, I had uh, Chick Reiser, who we just uh, discussed. Let's talk about uh, your number eleven. I had Bulbs Ellers. This guy, the first ever pick of the Boston Celtics. We just talked about him recently out of Purdue. And um, the third pick in this draft, um, only played two seasons, but yeah. uh, 99 games. And yeah, actually like died on 99 days into his uh, year. Um, he was 90 and 99 days. Oh, good point. Good point, yeah. And had played 99 games in the league. So big 99 guy, although war number 14. Um 
averaged uh, 8.1 points per game in his two seasons. Pretty solid, and uh, yeah. Yeah, as we mentioned, uh, as, as you just mentioned, we talked about him uh, pretty recently on our Purdue episode. Don't need to go into too much detail, but uh, worth uh, reminding you as listeners, uh, a member of a really athletic uh, family, uh, played uh, minor league ball, had a son and grandson who played in the NFL as well. So uh, a very, very impressive player, member of uh, Indiana Basketball and Football Halls of Fame, and uh, also played for the great uh, John Wood in high school. Yeah. So uh, a remarkable uh, work out of uh, Bulbs Ellers. Number three overall pick. Uh, did not make my uh, redraft here, but someone I definitely considered. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so let's, uh, let's let's go from uh, your number 11 to mine. And we're talking about Gene Stump. Yes, I don't believe this guy made my team, did he? He did not. Yeah, did not make my team. Um, from DePaul. Um, and interesting note about his um, death date. Uh, he aged at approximately 88 years. So, um, Not sure exactly when in 2014 Gene Stump uh, passed on. Yeah, so uh, a little bit of unknown information there. Yeah. That's basketball reference, uh, saying that. But, uh, and, actually, and, and it actually <laughs> says it on Wikipedia as well. Yes. Died 2014, age 88 or 89. Yes, it's known that uh, his death was listed in the uh, fall 2014 edition of DePaul Magazine. So uh, probably just working off of that, but uh, in terms of getting a specific date, that remains uh, elusive. Yes. Uh, but yeah, solid work out of uh, Gene Stump. I mean, uh, 148 regular season games in the league with the uh, with the Celtics, Minneapolis Lakers, and the uh, Waterloo Hawks. Yeah, Waterloo Hawks, an interesting team name. Um, yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, players who play for the Waterloo Hawks these days. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if any players these days play for the Waterloo Hawks. Um, yeah, but a solid career, played four seasons, and um, yeah, another one of those guys just played around 150 games. And... Yeah, Chicago guy, played. Uh, went, to, went to high school in Chicago, uh, went to DePaul as well, and uh, you know then uh, branched out a little bit from there. All right, so you didn't have uh, Gene, Gene Stump, I can understand. I mean, they, you know, could have disparate opinions at this uh, this point at Let's get to your uh, your number 12, Mills. Who'd you have? I had Ron Livingston. I think it might be Ron Livingstone. Livingstone, yes. Um, he played 117 games in the league, so not, around that same number as the other players. Uh, 6.3 points per game for uh, those few years, which pretty good for this spot in the draft. And... Um, 4.7 rebounds for the one year they were keeping track, and uh, pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, decent player. Did not make my uh, redraft. Uh, notable as a uh, two-draft guy, uh, taken in the uh, 47 BAA draft, of course, by the Knicks in the fifth round, and also in the uh, uh, first round of the 49 BAA draft, uh, seventh overall to the uh, Baltimore Bullets. Yeah, so um, pretty high pick there. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, definitely worth noting, attended uh, both St. Mary's and uh, Wyoming. And unfortunately, uh, passed on back in uh, 1991. So it's been gone for uh, for quite some time. Uh, died at the age of uh, 65. But another guy who was uh, really big for uh, for his era, uh, 6'10", uh, 220. Yeah. So uh, big dude, uh, uh, Ron Livingstone. And um, yeah, didn't make my squad, but definitely someone I, uh, I considered as well. So in terms of uh, who ha- I had at number 12, I had Dick O'Keefe. We've already discussed him. So let's move on to a guy who we both had at number 13 in our redrafts. And we're talking about Irv Rothenberg. Yes, um, this guy, uh, pretty um, 
deserving of the number 13 pick, I guess. Um, both had him there. Um, 5.4 points per game and 131 uh, BAA slash NBA, actually just BAA games. And uh, only played three seasons uh, with the Knicks. Uh, the Knicks, uh, the, the, uh, the Bombers, the uh, Bullets, the Capitals, uh, Capitals and the, uh, the Rebels. Uh, the yeah. Cleveland Rebels back in 46-47. Uh, yeah, so I um, played on a few teams there and just in three years. So uh, pretty good player. Yeah, I mean, good enough to make uh, make this squad. Lasted uh, until fairly recently in uh, 2009, a rare attendee of uh, Long Island University in, uh, in in Brooklyn, and a guy who also had some uh, some size. Uh, I think I, you know, I think uh, size definitely allowed some of these guys to last a bit longer. Probably made him stand out a little bit from uh, from their contemporaries, and uh, got him to 131 games in the league. But as, as a six uh, seven, uh, 215 pound center. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So as uh, we. We we're just discussing. I had him at uh, my number thirteen pick as well. So let's get to our our, our final picks of the uh, of the lottery here. Um, for my fourteenth pick, I had Dick Holub. Um, real name is Richard. Another attendee of Long Island University. Yep. And uh, only played one season, forty eight games, but averaged ten point five points per game. That's the reason he's on my team. Although a bit of a downside, he did have three point three personal fouls again, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta you gotta live with that sometimes if you're getting that kind of uh, scoring production. A guy I considered as well, just uh, 48 regular season games in the league, but uh, definitely got to a, a pretty high watermark there. Um, number five overall pick in this draft, so a guy who came in with uh, with some pedigree, and uh, and he performed. Another big six six two oh five, big for the for that era, and a guy who uh, went on to make his mark in uh, in, in hoops as a coach as well, a longtime uh, head coach at uh, Fairleigh Dickinson University in uh, new jersey so a guy i definitely considered he was on my list for uh for a while there ultimately dropped off in favor of johnny azerski who we've uh, already discussed uh, on this episode mm-hmm. all right so we're going to take a, a quick break or actually let's just run down our our, our uh our drafts mm-hmm. and uh and we'll, we'll come back in just a moment all right so i had number one actually you go first all right, so I had uh, Harry Gallatin, number one, uh, Andy Phillip, number two, Jim Pollard, number three, Bob Curlin, number four, Red Rocha, number five, Paul Hoffman, number six, Gene Vance, number seven, uh, Andy Duncan, number eight, Chin Crossan, number nine, Chick Reiser, number 10, Gene Stump, number 11, Dick O'Keefe, number 12, Irv Rothenberg, number 13, and Johnny Azerski, number 14. Uh, and I had Harry Gallatin, number one, Jim Pollard, number two, Andy Phillip, number three, Red Rocha, number four. Bob Curlin is number five, Paul Hoffman number six, Gene Vance number seven, Johnny Azerke number eight, Trick Riser number nine, Dick O'Keefe number ten, Bob Zellers number eleven, Ron Livingstone number twelve, Irv Rothenberg number thirteen, and Dick Hollow number fourteen. All right, awesome. We'll be back in just a moment. And we're back to get to a couple of other players who uh, had notable uh, stories in one way or another who were part of the uh, 47 BAA draft. I want to start off by talking about Hank Biasati. This guy was taken with the uh, in, in the second round of the 47 BAA draft and actually was born in uh, Bino, Italy. Wow. So a uh, foreign player and actually very notable for uh, having been a Canadian. Uh, grew up in, uh, in, in Canada. And I uh, was the only foreign player to make the original uh, Toronto Huskies back in 1946 at their inaugural training camp. 
and is considered the first international player in league history. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Hank Biasati only managed uh, six games in the league uh, with those Toronto Huskies in the uh, 46-47 season. But uh, yeah, that was uh, uh, th that's the first international player. Also a member of the Canadian Basketball Hall of Fame and uh, more accomplished as a uh, baseball player, actually played in the major leagues with the uh, Philadelphia Athletics in uh, 1949. Wow, I tell you more accomplished as a baseball player. On Wikipedia, it's, he's listed as a baseball player. Yep, and actually uh, one of these guys who coached multiple sports as well, coached uh, basketball and baseball at uh, Assumption College in, excuse me, Assumption uh, University in uh, Windsor, Ontario. Wow. So notable out of, uh, out of him for sure. All right, I also want to mention uh, Herb Wilkinson. Now, this guy, uh, uh, quite quite a story uh, out of Herb Wilkinson. Um, taken uh, in the third round of the uh, 47 uh, BAA draft out of uh, Utah and Iowa, played both those places, and uh, boy, did he ever play in, uh, in in both those places. So get this on, on Herb Wilkinson. So started his uh, his college career at, uh, at, at Utah, uh, played his freshman year there, and uh, won uh, the NCAA title his freshman year at Utah and get this story. So uh, the um, the Utah team uh, did not initially qualify for the uh, NCAA tournament, but the Arkansas Razorbacks uh, team did qualify for the tournament. And they were in an automobile accident and were unable to play in the tournament. So the so Utah basically got put in the tournament instead of Arkansas and went on to win. And you know who got the, uh, the the winning shot in a 42 to 40 victory to uh, win Utah? It's only ever national title. Yeah. It would be Herb Wilkinson who uh, who knocked down a jumper uh, to give them the lead uh, with five seconds to go. It said that he uh, received a pass from uh, the great Bob Lewis and then uh, popped it and it bounced off the front of the rim and dropped in. And uh, the championship belonged to uh, Utah and uh, Herb Wilkinson. So not only did he do that. He also, uh, he then transferred to Iowa, and he was a uh, three-time All-American at, uh, at, at Iowa after that. So clearly the person that should be taking that shot at the end of that game. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess so, based on uh, how he performed uh, afterwards. But, um, yeah, very uh, remarkable career for uh, Herb Wilkinson, despite uh, obviously not having made any impact in the, uh, in the league. Did not actually, one of the only players that is still alive to this day. Yes, 99 years old. As best we can tell, still alive, Herb Wilkinson. So, yes, very notable in that regard as well. 99 years old and 64 days. Wow. Yep. Still young. He sure is. So, also got to mention uh, along, uh, along kind of similar uh, trailblazing lines, uh, we got Wat Misaka. I don't know if you uh, looked into this guy at all. Uh, played a pretty brief, uh, had a pretty brief run in the league. Yeah. Uh, played uh, three games with the uh, the Knicks back in the uh, BAA in 47-48, uh, having been taken in the uh, seventh round. A uh, Utah guy, uh, born in uh, Ogden, Utah, went to high school there as well, and actually attended uh, Weber State, the uh, home of uh, Dame Lillard. Uh, or not the home of Dame Lillard, the uh, college that Dame Lillard attended, as well as uh, attending Utah. And uh, notable as well for uh, having been a trailblazer, the first non-white player and first player of Asian descent to play in the BAA slash NBA. That's cool. Uh, obviously a very brief run, but uh, it led Utah to an NCAA title in uh, uh, 1944. We were just uh, talking about that moments ago. And uh, an NIT title in uh, 1947. Yeah. And uh, in the uh, Utah Sports uh, Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. Um, is uh, 
Kerb Wilkinson in the Utah Sports Hall of Fame? I don't believe so, but I, I'm I'm not positive. I think you know he went on to uh, do a lot of his uh, a lot of his accomplishments came in other places, yeah, other than uh, in Utah. Uh, she also mentioned uh, Frank Broyles. Now this guy did not uh, have uh, much of a uh, basketball career. I feel like we talked about him before. He did attend uh, Georgia Tech and was taken in the uh, third round by the uh, Toronto Huskies in the '47 uh, BAA draft. Uh, so not much of a uh, basketball career, but. Uh, this guy went on to be a head coach, football head coach at the University of Arkansas, went 144-58-5, and five, and won a national championship in 1964. Wow. So a great college head coach in terms of I the success say. that he had. Uh, so big time out of uh, Frank Royals. And you just see in this draft, there were quite a few players who uh, went on to success other places. This guy, Walt Dropo, was taken to the uh, number four pick in this draft, and he went on to a much more successful career as a uh, baseball player. Um so, yeah, definitely uh, see that more uh, back in these days. Should also mention uh, Saul Mariashin. Yeah. Guy who attended uh, Harvard back in the day. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, took Harvard to uh, its first uh, NCAA tournament appearance in 1946. And it was the only one they would get to until the 2011 2012 season. That uh, long of that a gap for Harvard. Long time. And uh, Harvard is not a school known for athletics, so I'm not too surprised. Yes. Yeah, so, although, uh, although they are D1. True. Playing the Ivy League. Uh, drafted in the uh, seventh round by the Washington Capitals of this uh, 47 draft. Notable as well for being the uh, last Harvard player to play in the uh, BAA slash NBA postseason until Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin went to Harvard? Yeah. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, yeah. Jeremy Lin went to Harvard. He, yeah, I mean, it was a big story, big part of the story when he was uh, coming through. He must but... have led them to that 2011 so. Right. So he was, he was a part of that team uh, uh, back then. So, yeah, not- notable for having been a rare uh, Harvard guy to break through and uh, make it to uh, the highest level. Yeah. Uh, also wanted to mention uh, Larry Killick. Now, this guy uh, was taken in the uh, – in the first round, uh, number 10 overall, attended uh, University of Vermont and uh, Dartmouth College. So definitely a uh, New England uh, guy, Vermont yeah. and uh, and New Hampshire. And uh, notable for um, not having played in the league, but uh, did uh, did tour Europe in uh, 1955, or excuse me, 1956, with the NBA champion uh, Syracuse Nationals. And uh, on that trip, he was joined by the great Al Serbi. Okay. <laughs> so Al that's... That's uh, it's pretty impressive. That was the first again. Uh, Al Serbi does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. That was the uh, the first uh, goodwill tour that was done uh, overseas to expand uh, basketball uh, to the world. So that, that's kind of cool. cool. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and very notable as a uh, Vermont uh, player, uh, actually number twenty five on uh, Sports Illustrated's top fifty Vermont athletes of the twentieth century. So that's about right. Kelly for you. Pretty impressive uh, from, uh, from uh, excuse me, Larry Killick. I'm calling him uh, Bob Killick. I'm thinking about Bob Curland as, uh, as one is. Uh, overall pick uh, Is one to do. Yeah, exactly. So also wanted to mention uh, before we uh, get going here, um, Paul Napolitano. Now, uh, I don't know if you uh, looked into uh, Paul Napolitano's story at all, but uh, he's, he's got an interesting one. Let's hear it. <laughs> oh, it's funny you should mention that. So, uh, so uh, Paul, Paul Napolitano, a uh, guy who just got a, a little little taste in the league, uh, six, six foot two, uh, hundred eighty five pounder, uh, taken in the sixth round by the uh, St. Louis Bombers, out of uh, University of San Francisco, a college that would obviously turn out some of the uh, some of the all time greats, yeah, and, from uh, uh, Bill Russell to Casey Jones to uh, Kevin Stakem, who was getting his second mention in this episode. <laughs> yeah, and uh, six round pick, 
in the, that draft and played one year in the league, uh, one game, zero points. Yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, AAU uh, All-American in uh, 1947 actually uh, was a champion of the uh, World Professional Basketball Tournament as well in 1948, but uh, he didn't get much run in the uh, in the league, just playing uh, really just one game with the uh, Indianapolis Jets in uh, 1948. I wonder how many minutes he got. It doesn't say that, though. We do not have that information. That's true. Um, you know, and following his professional career, I mean, like, you know, obviously just, uh, you know, pretty brief uh, pro career, uh, continued to play amateur basketball. So, I mean, this guy, you, you got to appreciate his uh, his love of the game. You got to also appreciate his uh, contributions to the uh, the dining scene. Wow. <laughs> he was a uh, bar manager and owner for several years, and also uh, he served as a bartender at, uh, at Original Joe's in uh, San Francisco. Yeah, it must be really hard to get that job. Well, when you're talking about original Joe's, you're talking about uh, one of the spots you go to for uh, Italian cuisine. I think you're in in San Francisco. Yeah, I would say. So Paul Napolitano. Yeah, I got to hit up original Joe's. Paul Napolitano holding down the bar at original Joe's in San Fran for uh, for years. Yep. So respect uh, respect to him for that. Big San Fran guy. Yes, absolutely. He went, went back to the school that he uh, went back to the, the city that he went to college in. Uh, all those years later. All right, so I think uh, I think we've probably uh, reached uh, reached about the about the bottom here. A couple more guys we can mention. I mean, we can mention uh, you know Jack Hewson, perhaps uh, you know a guy who played for uh, Doggy Julian at uh, Muhlenberg. But uh, in the interest of uh, wrapping things up, we will uh, we'll do so here. Uh, thanks so much for joining us on this uh, this redraft. Hope you learned a thing or two about this uh, 47 BAA draft. A lot of interesting names, uh, guys who haven't gotten a lot of coverage in uh, recent years, and we're uh, proud to bring it to you. Yeah. Uh, so, like one guy who I think we found who was alive. <laughs> good point. Yeah, a lot of these guys have indeed uh, passed on after all these years. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for joining us. If you have uh, uh, questions for us uh, or want to reach out, you can get in touch with us at uh, Barnards on the NBA at uh, gmail.com or, uh, you know, hit us up on Twitter at Barnards on NBA. And um, another podcast, you can check out Favorites with Ava and Matt. And um, see you next time. Bye. Yeah, thanks so much for joining us. Bye.